You are listening to the Extraordinary Events Podcast with Dr. K, episode number 59. Welcome to the Extraordinary Events Podcast, where we aim to educate, inspire, and empower individuals who wish to design transformational experiences. Now, your host, event education champion, Dr. Kristen Mallett. Hello, hello, my friends. I am so excited. I have a special guest here with me today on Zoom. I have Molly Nicola. She is currently the event manager at the Lincoln Cornhusker Marriott Hotel here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Molly is such a pleasure to work with, to hang out with, to talk to. So innovative, and I am so excited that you all have the opportunity to hear from her today. Molly, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Would you spend a couple minutes and just tell our amazing listeners who you are and what your background is? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I graduated from high school back in 2007 and went straight to the University of Nebraska here in Lincoln, and I had no idea what I wanted to do. My senior year, though, I had planned this canoe trip for my class of 20 people. And I loved it. I loved the logistics of, you know, finding out, okay, where on the river are we going to drop off? Where are we going to get picked up? How are we going to move these canoes? Do we have enough life jackets? All that kind of stuff for 20 people. I love doing that. And my dad kept bringing that up. He was like, you loved planning that event. Like you should maybe get into some sort of project management or some sort of, you know, event planning. And I, at first I, I remember thinking, oh, event planning isn't a real thing. Like I remember thinking there's no way you can go to college to be an event planner. Well, sure enough, uh, there had already been one semester of the hospitality restaurant and tourism management program. And so that first semester I went and talked to my advisor and she had said, yes, there's this new program. You should totally look into it. It sounds like it's right up your alley. And so I did. And so my second semester of freshman year, I was enrolled in the HRTM program with about 29 other people. And it was so fun. I loved every single class I ever went to. Every single teacher was super engaging and really cared about the industry. But you have to remember, this was 10 plus years ago where, um, you know, it was still a really rapid growing industry, but people didn't really know how to dive right into the teaching parts of it. A lot of the industry is, um, you know, people say it's not what you know, it's who you know, but you have to be able to have that open mind frame to, you know, you're going to always encounter people say, no, you can't do that. No, that's not possible. Logistically, that doesn't make sense. Or "Mm, we've never done that before. You hear that all the time, all these roadblocks, all these obstacles, but in this program, you're able to kind of retrain your brain to think, okay, yes, we can, we can do it because of X, Y, Z or having rhyme to your reason. And so I am forever thankful and grateful for being part of the HRTM program when I was, and, um, still being able to be a part of it today by, you know, guest speaking at the classes, helping out with UNL student led events and, um, really just still being a part of the program. I work right now as an event manager at the Cornhusker Hotel in Lincoln, and I've been here for about two years almost. And before that I had worked at a, two different hotels 
And I had also owned my own event planning company for a couple of years, which I love doing. It was really cool to be my own boss. And the army had called up my husband and said, Hey, we want you to fly helicopters. And he said, well, sign me up. And so that made us move to Alabama for flight school for a year. And in that year, it was kind of a good reflection time of, okay, do I want to revamp my business or do I want to find more of a steady job where I can be like a key player into the events rather than the whole player of the whole event. And so this was the first job I applied for after Alabama and I love it. There's no turning back. Oh my gosh. I love your story so much. Well, and I hope you recognize how rare it is that your dad actually said to you, (laughs) this seems like something fun that you would like to do. You should go do that because I'm sure you hear as someone who works with a lot of students that typically it's the opposite of why are you going to school to pay all this money to get a degree? Because this isn't a real job, but instead it was opposite. Yes. My dad is a huge supporter of anything I ever wanted to do. And, um, yeah, he's one of my best friends. So having his support and, you know, as a parent, having that support was amazing to be able to just go in and, you know, dive in head first and say, okay, I have my dad's support on this. Let's do it. So one thing, I don't know if you actually knew this about me, but way back in the day, I had worked at the Ballantine hotel and lodge in Charlotte, North Carolina. One thing that I recognized after leaving that property and going to another property was that not all of the hotels, like the inside internal functions and and layout and hierarchy of a hotel are the same. It was very, very different between the different properties that I've worked at. So tell us just a little bit about how your job is split up at the Cornhusker in terms of events versus banquets versus sales. Are they all together? Are they separate? Yeah, absolutely. This is the first hotel I have worked at where it is split up a little bit. Now we all of course make up one team. We are a family here for sure, but I don't do any of the booking. And so that falls onto our sales managers. So they're the ones that um, do more of the cold calling and reaching out to, you know, past clients or potential prospect clients. They do all the negotiating and booking of, you know, finding the correct dates, how many projected people they anticipate for their events, as well as sleeping rooms and that sort of thing. Then the torch gets passed to me and I do all the planning of the events. And then I pass the torch to our banquet manager who implements and make sure that the events go according to the way I want them to. (laughs) So um, we definitely are a team. We keep our communication open and fluid, and we make sure that everyone is literally on the same page with every single event. And it's fun. I really like it this way. I know in previous places that I have worked, it was definitely you sell the space, you plan the event in that space and you do the event in that space. And this has allowed me a little bit more time to get more detail oriented. And I know there are still times where I talk to our banquet manager where I'm like, I wish I could just hand my brain over to you and you could get out the details that you need and then just give it back to me because (laughs) that's my job. My job is putting down everything that I hear from my clients into what we call event orders. And once it's all in there, then that event order gets off to the next person. And like I said, that event order puts us on literally the same page. I think that that's what's so valuable about having a formal hospitality education background or listening to podcasts like this is that sometimes when you come 
fresh out of high school and you get that first job, you assume that every company is structured the same, or you say, well, I want to be an event planner and I want to be in events. And you just assume you can't be in a hotel because you have to sell and you have to do banquets and just recognizing that all of these different organizations are structured differently and that there is a place for everybody. You just have to figure out what the right company or organization is for that. Thank you so much for sharing that. (laughs) Now your background, you owned an event planning company and you did that for a couple of years and now you're in lodging. So tell all of the amazing listeners here today, tell them what you found to be the biggest difference between having your event company and being on that 100% planning side and then working on the venue side. The biggest takeaway from the difference is that I get to get more detail oriented and focus on exactly what that client wants. I still get to do the, you know, Hey, this idea is great. Can we make it excellent? And then working with them to have more of that creative part of it. When I own my own event planning company, it was, you know, finding more of the vendors and things like that. Whereas here we have the venue. So that's half the battle already. And that's what makes my job a lot of fun because I know what's happened in our ballrooms before. And I know what we can do, what we're capable of doing. I also know what we're not capable of doing too. So that's been a huge benefit. When I love that my students so often they'll come in and say, I'm, I want to be the event planner. I want to own my own business. And I say the best experience that I ever got in my entire life was working for a venue for multiple years, because you see hundreds of events happen in those rooms. You figure out what's possible, what's not possible, how to write up the banquet event orders and the event orders and how to actually make this happen and your setups and your teardowns and your contracts and I always tell people, if you have a chance to work as a banquet server or in banquets, or even just in the venue or management training, like take it because you want to see all of those events because no event is ever really reinventing the wheel. You're just taking bits and pieces from all the different events and putting them together. So, okay. What we all love to hear, we all love to hear the horror stories the crazy stories. Tell us what your craziest story is that you've experienced in your career. At a different place that I worked at fresh out of college, I was an event manager and, oh my gosh, it was the most wild thing. I could not believe what I was seeing and hearing, but everybody from the guest list had shown up. They were in the ballroom. They had a cocktail hour. And then the DJ announced that the wedding party had arrived. Everybody found their seats. The wedding party was introduced. Everything was going perfect. Then, you know, it didn't take long to realize, okay, this wedding party was probably on the party bus a little too long and maybe have drank a little too much, but you know, it was like, okay, the night is still young. You know, they've all got plenty of water on the head table. Like this, this will be okay. Well, I was just kind of observing the room, just looking around and I could see something was wrong with the bride. You could just tell on her face. It was a color. That's not even a color. And I walked over there just to see if she was okay. And as I'm getting closer, I see her reach behind her maid of honor and just throw up everywhere. (laughs) And at first I'm like, okay, we need to get this taken care of before anybody notices. And so I grab her maid of honor. I grab the bride and we start heading towards the bathroom. Like, it's okay. We'll get this all cleaned up. It's not a big deal. So 
as we're in the bathroom, I hear over the DJ sound system that the best man has grabbed the microphone and he starts telling the story and goes on and on. And I'm like, okay, there's a lot of rambling going on. Like, what am I hearing? Like we're in the middle of dinner service. Salads have already been served. They're getting ready to bring out the entree. Like what is going on? So I go back into the ballroom and see the best man handing the microphone over to the groom. And then the groom makes an announcement saying, Hey everybody. Thanks so much for coming. This is the best day of our lives. However, my bride seems to not be feeling well, so you can go ahead and leave. And it was this awkward silence. And I'm just thinking, what do you mean they can leave? They haven't even served the entree. There hasn't been a dance. There hasn't been a toast. There hasn't been, you know, like me being that event person, just kind of going through, like, we didn't hit any of the events. We did not go through the whole timeline, you know, but sure enough, the guests were kind of looking around, like, is he being serious? And sure enough, he really was being serious. He said, you know what, you guys are free to, you know, leave if you want, but stay if you have to. And maybe half the people left and then the bride and groom just never showed back up to the reception. So weird, very horrific and awful. (laughs) I just just can't even, oh my goodness. You know, I'm sitting there thinking about that story and I'm like, well, clearly you came in and saved the day and you were like, he's just kidding. Ha ha ha. If they never show back up, you can't even fix it. No. So we did end up serving the rest of the meal to the people that did stay. The parents of the bride apologized a thousand times over. And we were like, no, we're here for you. We are here to accommodate you and what you want. And they were like, well, the groom already made his decision. So, and they, in turn, they were also kind of like thankful that knowing that the bride wasn't feeling well, that the groom was like immediately by her side. And so there were a couple jokes playing like, oh, well in sickness and in health. And so <laughs> it ended up being okay. I have been so fortunate to have worked with you on a variety of things and to send a lot of people your way. So tell me now, tell me your favorite event. And of course, I already know which one it's going to be, but <laughs> sure that's your favorite event. Well, um, it was last March, I believe. So it was right before COVID had really kind of taken over the world. And so we didn't know it then, but I think we were kind of getting, you know, a little bit of words of like, yeah, there's this illness. I mean, and I remember um, masks were provided, but definitely not required yet. And uh, it was through event link event L and K and the school, the students mostly put it on and it was really, really cool. The meal, there were four different cuisines and every single table had a different cuisine in it. So there were 12 tables, I want to say, and then like every third table was a different cuisine. So it was really, really cool. A lot of people walked away from that event talking about how great the food was and how it was something they've never seen before. But honestly, one of my favorite things about that was the after party across the street. They had a reception where they transformed basically an abandoned parking lot office space. And it was really cool. I've never seen a space come to life like that before. I remember so distinctly, and this is just such a testament to you and the Cornhusker. I remember very distinctly last year, I was there with some of the students and it was a light bulb moment. 
And we were talking about cuisine. You were like, well, what do you guys want? And the chef and whatnot. And I'm like, why do we have to choose? Like, why can't we just do a whole bunch of different things? And <laughs> then we can just let people decide when they get here of oh, I'm feeling Asian today. So I'll sit at an Asian table or I'm feeling Italian today. So I'll sit at an Italian table. And of course it was like family style, which would never work in COVID. No, like <laughs> <laughs> definitely last hurrah kind of thing yes. without knowing oh it was a last hurrah. <laughs> But I think, you know, I can say on behalf of every hotel, every venue that um, has gone through what we all just went through. I mean, we're all going to be stronger in the end. Oh, yeah. So I've learned so much. And I always think, you know, I hold this like survivor's guilt near and dear in my heart because it's like, gosh, I have such great employees and coworkers here. And now that I'm the only one here, it's like, Oh, I'm so grateful for my job, but oh, I feel equal parts guilty. But you know what though? We're hitting the ground running. And one of the things that I think makes you stand out like so incredibly, which is probably one of the reasons why you kept on and like stayed on and everything was just that I've worked with so many sales and event managers and banquet managers and banquet captains. And I love you said it earlier, the focus on making all the tiny details, instead of me just communicating to you, this is what I want. I say, this is kind of the grand vision of what we're going for. (laughs) And like, and because you do know the chef and you do know the venue and you do know the things you could say like, well, how about this? Or how about that? And then we just build off each other. Then this year, so many exciting things happening again at the Corn Husker. <laughs> We're going to have the most colorful, beautiful, bright food. I can't give away too much, but it's it's going to be incredible. And we are hybrid. We're a hybrid event teaching mm-hmm. event planners how to do hybrid effectively, which is extra fun. And we have such great support. And I don't know if you've seen our schedule of our speaker lineup. Oh my goodness. We have people from, I think like six or seven different countries speaking. It's going to be incredible. I'm going to be in there. I'm going to be watching it as much as possible. (laughs) I'm excited. We have got so much going on. I think we have, oh, just the support of students is always just Mm -hmm. so incredible. And that interaction with the industry is just phenomenal. I'm so excited. So (laughs) as we're wrapping up the podcast today, all of our amazing listeners all over the world, different areas, different uh, positions, different stages in life. If you had one kind of piece of advice or closing thought, something you want to impart on the world, no pressure. What would that be? (laughs) I kind of have a couple things. (laughs) So if you are in the position where you are thinking, gosh, I really want to be more involved in the hospitality industry, but how do I get there? How do I get started? my number one piece of advice is get your foot in the door because I am so incredibly thankful that I did that when I was in college and I started working for a hotel here in Lincoln and I wanted to get into the event side. I wanted to see the operational side of events. And so I started working as a banquet server and it was so beneficial for me. And I know you can relate to that too, when you um, had worked at a hotel, but it was cool because I just got to see this event order get brought to our banquet department and I could read through it and then make it happen in front of my eyes. And so if you at all want to be in the hospitality industry, just get your foot in the door. And thankfully with our industry, you know, really turning that turn, that corner and getting to where, you know, events are happening again. 
Um, now I'm seeing more than ever people are hiring. So get that foot in the door, get some experience. If you want to get involved, just, just do it. Like, don't look back, just do it. Another thing that I do, I feel like I say this almost every day is that this is the hospitality industry. It is not the same as it was 10 years ago. It won't be the same tomorrow. It's not the same as it was yesterday. Like this is an ever-changing industry. It will never be the same. So don't ever get too comfortable because you have to be flexible and you have to be looking for the next best thing and always anticipate that. You can't just sit back and watch. This is not the industry to do that. So (laughs) I think that's about the biggest things to take away, but life's too short to not enjoy. So find a job that you love. Thank you so much. And seriously, for all of our amazing podcast listeners on listening in today, if you haven't been to Lincoln, if you have the chance to come to Lincoln, Susan, a general manager at the Cornhusker right now, and Dan Jones and sales and Molly here, just wonderful, amazing people. And you have to reach out and you have to look them up because they are just so incredible and such great supporters of HRTM program and our industry in general. So thank you so much again, Molly, for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. This has been a blast. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And thank you all to our amazing listeners for taking the time to make the time. I'll talk with you soon. Thank you for listening to the Extraordinary Events Podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode.